0: Welcome to another episode of the Eatin' Asphalt Podcast. I am Ian, as always joined by my buddy Marco. Marco, how are we doing?
1: Doing well. This was an awesome race, awesome race weekend, and very excited to to go through it. I know, especially for a race that was supposed to suck. All week long we had
0: tweets, media, people writing stories about how boring this race was, how there was 160-some different layouts and they picked the most boring one for, you know, a snooze fest of a race. And here we are at the end of the French Grand Prix, totally satisfied on my end.
1: Yeah, yeah, fully agree. I think that there are so many different aspects to this race with, you know, obviously the, the four guys at the top um, and how their strategy played out. But I think throughout the entire grid, uh, there was a lot of interesting kind of things going on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The... We had Undercuts, we had Red Bull getting scarier, Bottas mercedes relationship kind of hitting rock bottom. Uh, A lot of stuff to talk about for a race where I kind of anticipated us just talking about how boring this race was going to be for this podcast. So a bunch to get into, excited to do it on today's podcast. We're going to go over a couple of recent headlines, a little bit about the race, and then go over our good, bad, and ugly of the weekend, kind of just major takeaways. So starting off... Let's talk about some recent headlines that have happened over the last week and some change here. So first off, Faltary, Bottas, and Lewis Hamilton swapped chassis for the French Grand Prix weekend. Where do you think this came from? Like, do you think this is Bottas just nagging Toto and being like, "Hey, I want to, I want to race in the championship car"? Or like, what? Like, how do you think this came about?
1: Yeah, I, I really don't know, honestly. I, I don't know how. How okay Lewis was with it as well, uh if that was something that you know he he knew that there's you know this this chassis was a the the stronger one, or he was like, "I'm a better driver than him, it doesn't matter what car I'm driving, so uh yeah, very interested how in how often this happens as well, I feel like I don't hear that very often.
0: It's definitely the first time that I've heard anything about it, so I agree, I wonder if. Lewis was, even if this was some something where it's like Valtteri just felt like he was getting so run over by the team for so long that he said something has to give, like, you know, maybe let me see if this is the missing link here. And clearly it wasn't. So, yeah, it's it's just, just kind of funny that that happened and funny that the result didn't really change from what I'm sure we were all anticipating.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then. So moving on, we have Esteban Ocon. He committed his future with Alpine, signing a three-year contract, which will keep him with the French Formula 1 team until at least the end of 2024. I think this was pretty surprising. Uh, we had always talked about him potentially making a a switch to Mercedes. Uh, that was always something that kind of in the cards that with his relationship with Toto and the team, and something that, you know, some recent comments Toto had said about it's up to him whether he wants to consider us or move to Alpine. And then a couple weeks later, yeah, he's he's sticking with his his laurels and sticking with his team. So, uh, Ian, thoughts on, on that contract?
0: Yeah, I just don't get how long it is. Now, Acon is tied with Charles for the most time remaining on their current contract. So both of them go to 2024. Um, Charles, it makes sense to me. Like, amazing talent, outperformed four-time world champion you know, on his team as the young gun. For Alcon right now, I get he's outperforming Fernando, but I just don't understand, like, it, has he had that many standout performances for Alpine? But, uh, yeah, I mean, good for them. Hopefully it's just a situation where Alcon needs to feel like he's invested in to really kind of reach the potential. But we'll see in a couple of years if that's a, a good decision for either of them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And maybe he's kind of thinking, you know, I'm I'm looking for the three years down the road where you know the second seat's going to be opening for mercedes probably by the end of this year i'm not focused on this maybe you know in three years that's a potential where lewis is is thinking about moving on and, and that's something that i would consider is that you know that next turnover but not this current one so uh yeah we'll see how that plays out that was definitely a bit of a surprise for a lot of the, the racing world seeing that
0: so based off of what you just said we could see george and alcon at mercedes when lewis and valtteri are gone
1: maybe i don't know they're just throwing it out there
0: I mean, I don't hate that, actually, but yeah. I just feel like George would be dragging his balls across Akon's face kind of a little
1: bit. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's my thought, but uh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe he has a different opinion on the matter. <laughs> um,
0: speaking of Russell um, and Russell going to Mercedes, Bottas has come out and said that those rumors are simply not true uh, right now that Bottas is going to be out of the team at the end of the year. This is just kind of sad at this point it's it's it 's like when you 're dealing with a crazy person and you're like, "Can you see the people who you're talking to in the room right now and <laughs> um, it, just obviously it's it's been said by enough people who have influence in the matter that I think it's an inevitability but do you think there's a chance where Bottas could stick around for one more year going to 2022?
1: I just I feel like this is the most regression we've seen from Mercedes in the seven year period and for Valtteri. So I would be extremely surprised to, to see that happen. Same. All right. Moving on. So some previous Red Bull workers have actually reportedly come out saying that they're not a fan of, quote, unquote, unfriendly boss Christian Horner. That actually kind of surprised me he seemed like a little bit of a charismatic guy from the Netflix series as well as just a lot of his interviews uh, I think he might be just a little full of himself I think maybe that and that comes off to a lot of these workers but uh, what were your thoughts when you heard that
0: I mean the guy was young when he led that Red Bull team to you know back-to-back championships and so i get yeah I, i totally agree like he's probably full of himself but rightfully so people say lewis is full of himself but it's like well he has done something that not a lot of people can do so yeah i i mean makes sense i agree
1: with you on the other hand if you went to a bar and randomly met one of these team principals i guess who would be the number one team principal that you would want to see and then who on the other hand would be just kind of the biggest dick as well
0: Definitely Gunther. Like, I want to spend some time <laughs> yeah, yeah, have a conversation yeah, with yeah. Gunther. Uh, and then the one that I don't want to see, just Ot- that Otmar. Otmar Sassenauer, the guy over at mm-hmm. Aston Martin. Ottmar yeah. just kind of seems like the big nerd that gets picked last for all of the, you know, all of the sports games and, and kickball. He's playing way, way outfield. Just doesn't seem like a very fun person and... <laughs> I don't know. What about you? Do you, I mean? Where does your answers vary?
1: I was thinking Gunther would have been up there for me in a weird way. Like I think it would be just a a very odd conversation, but kind of enjoyable. I think Zach Brown would be a great guy to hang out with as well. He seems pretty down earth, and uh, there is no accent issue that we have to worry about with him. Uh, and then on, racist. I would say, is that racist? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh and i would say probably the unfriendly yeah i i don't know i, I guess i was kind of thinking toto it just maybe not uh, toto not being fully unfriendly it's just he has that just such an aggressive demeanor that would probably freak me out
0: definitely would be most intimidated if you walked yeah. in like i'd be like i'm sorry that i didn't try harder
1: in high school <laughs> yeah uh, i i know you don't want to be here and i don't want to you know take that from you so i'm yeah. gonna just go and leave
0: I don't want to waste your time,
1: Toto. (laughs)
0: All right. And speaking of things that are intimidating, the cigarette industry. Uh, Ferrari removed the Mission Winnow logo for the uh, European F1 races. So we will do more about the sketchiness of F1 sponsors later in the season and future episodes. But Mission Window is a tobacco manufacturer. They're actually a subsidiary of Philip Morris. That is just ducking any potential bad coverage of them advertising because even though I'm pretty sure about 99.9% of the population of France smokes, they are not allowed to advertise cigarettes.
1: All right. Well, that does it for our recent headlines. And uh, up next, that we have, you know, talking more specifically about the race. But before we do that, uh, Ian, I believe that you have an ad, don't you?
0: We do. The Eaton Asphalt Podcast is brought to you by the French Association for White Flag Awareness. As F one fans, we're well aware of certain flags and what they mean, right? Blue flags are getting lapped and the faster car is gonna overtake you. Red flags means the session has stopped. Oh actually. Okay. Blue flags mean you're getting lapped and the faster cars overtake you. Checker flags mean the race is over. Red flags obviously means that someone has purposely crashed out of a qualifying session. But Marco, do you know what a white flag means in F1? Uh, I do not. I would love to hear. Sure. So the French Association for White Flag Awareness has been an important pillar of the French culture for years. Their mission is to educate everybody on the importance of white flags. White flags mean that there is a slow-moving vehicle ahead. So now that you're aware of that, you can completely surrender that ignorance, completely succumb to learning that knowledge. Completely succumbed to learning that knowledge. The French Association for White Flags. Given, in, back down, and quit.
1: All right. What a great ad. I really appreciate them. And we're uh, really timely for that race this weekend. So moving on about the race. Uh, as, as you guys know, we go through the top five teams listed on the constructor rankings. And first and foremost, the Red Bull team, who has been on first for a couple weeks now. And going through them, they had... A great weekend. Third race win in a row for them, pulling 37 points ahead of Mercedes. Both drivers did exactly what they needed to do here. I think that, you know, they took two strategies, two different strategies, and both really did everything that they needed to do. Sergio has always done incredibly well with tire management. He's always been a driver that has been able to to do that. And so having him on that one-stop strategy, and he was able to attain that pretty well, was great. And then obviously Max being able to take that undercut and did that to perfection with lewis i think even everyone was pretty surprised even when he did the undercut lewis coming in and after that pit stop max coming up uh pulling out ahead of him after that i you know their pit stop was pretty quick i think it was 2.5 seconds around that that time frame so no one really saw that that pace max really made up so much over those two laps before lewis came in so uh, that was really great to see, and overall, yeah, definitely won the weekend here, uh, I would say, compared to all the other constructors.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Checo did exactly what his role was going to be today. Uh, the 1-3 is awesome. It's nice to see them kind of switching lanes with Mercedes with, uh, with a 1-3 versus a 2 on the podium. Uh, speaking of Mercedes... I don't think they should be super, super worried because I think that they have the money behind them to improve throughout the season. But, man, what a tough day. Second lap, Lewis was starting to complain about his tires, and Bottas was begging for a two-stop strategy throughout the race. And it just seemed like everyone was on different pages. Lewis had a very impressive run, even though he... Lewis had a very impressive run at the end of his second stint. You know, his tires were definitely falling off. He was, his tires were definitely falling off. You could see the graphic on the F1 TV talking about how he was working with basically 10 or 20% of his tire tread. But still, he kept it up until the last six laps, which was where his team told him that they were going to run into some issues. And obviously getting passed by Max was a, was a kick in the teeth for him. And then the other side of Mercedes. Look like switching the chassis for Bottas and Lewis didn't really matter so I think is it safe to say that we are 100% in bye bye Bottas season
1: yeah I think I mean if I if I were a betting man which I am <laughs> I would say that we do not see him in the silver Arrow car next year R.I.P. Yep. Uh, It was fun while it lasted, I would say. But uh, we'll see how much he can do for the rest of the season. Maybe that changes. And moving on to third place, we have McLaren back up at the third place. They had a very strong weekend as well outside of that 1-2. They ended up 5-6 with Lando and Danny, respectively. Both really looked great. I thought Danny had an awesome day. I think that was probably his best one, one of his best races of the season we've always talked about him really struggling and finding his his groove this year and uh obviously you know hopefully this is something that he can kind of catapult and and work off of and build off of i know they were interviewing him after the race and that was something that they had asked he obviously was thinking and hoping that that would be the case and he can continue to, to build but i don't know how you don't answer it that way where it's like hey you know this was a great weekend do you see you know this being able to be built off of and continue this trend and he's like yeah so i mean i what else could he say being like no i think this was a one-time thing i'm gonna go back to sucking ass (laughs) (laughs) yeah you could see me next weekend really blowing it don't get your hopes up guys (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then and then kind of going out it was crazy to see the gap between fifth place and fourth place was almost a minute long i think that was some of the the people's worries with this race was you're going to see these huge gaps uh, start to build off of the nice thing was within the, each of those gaps, there was a lot of entertaining action uh, between those groups. So I think that ended up, you know, making a, a fun race, but it, it is just crazy to think that, you know, between these top two drivers, you know, third, fourth, fifth place are so far behind. I I would say these, the Red Bull and Mercedes group.
0: And coming to fourth place Ferrari, it was a stinker of a weekend. I think for everybody um, seemed to have really not done well with the tire pressure changes that Pirelli made, 11th and 16th, Marco, you said that it was like a Ferrari finish last year, which is true. I mean, like both both teams out of the points just can't happen when you are fighting for third place with McLaren, who for the first couple races had both drivers pretty consistently in the points. I know Danny Rick wasn't too, too strong, but still, they're still like adding to their points total. Outside of this race and Monaco, Charles has finished fourth three times and sixth two times, so he has been putting in those consistent races. We just need more out of Carlos, I think, um, even though he finished in front of Charles this round. Danny getting kind of into a rhythm poses a lot of problems for Ferrari right now if they're going to pull stuff together. So, uh yeah, I think kind of like bad things to come unfortunately for ferrari like where do you stand on that you see them pulling it out
1: i i do i'm curious i know that a lot of people were saying that with this pirelli new change for their air pressure and tire pressure that the ferrari car really struggled with that and so maybe you know if they can come to, to terms and kind of work a little bit more through that and and improve the car i i don't think that i'd be too worried i still think that that three four with mclaren and ferrari is going to be a very entertaining thing that we're going to see throughout the year
0: i totally agree yeah well well no i don't totally agree <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so man having ferrari and mclaren one point away from each other is definitely something that makes the season a lot more interesting but luckily with the red bull and mercedes chase that's you know that's already covered basically but yeah uh, 'll we'll, we'll see with Ferrari. I think in the next couple of races that are normal circuits, we'll we'll see a little bit more of
1: their of their cars that they have, Yeah, definitely. And going into fifth place is is Aston Martin. Both drivers got into the points this week, so uh, I would say a relatively good finish. They were both nine and ten, so they didn't get too much out of that. And they they had a pretty interesting strategy as well. I think that they you know were trying to go with the one stop strategy. Both Vettel and Stroll were both kind of in that five six range for a little bit before their pace started to suffer a little bit more. But I would say overall fine weekend. It was pretty boring. I feel like with them they weren't doing. I feel like they weren't having a ton of passing or or uh, that great. I feel like it was one of those weekends where you know if Haas tried to go with the no a one stop where everyone was going to they just would end up in the top five for for a little flash and then kind of slowly back down i thought this was kind of somewhere in the fact but i mean i, I know we've said this last couple of weeks stroll is just not an entertaining driver that we've seen that we saw and kind of captivating a little bit more last year i think he's just been pretty pretty boring i i feel like th- he doesn't even get too much coverage uh throughout the race from the guys in the booth
0: yeah, I don't. He's definitely not one of my favorite drivers. It was nice to see him start. Oh, was it nineteenth or or twentieth, and then get up to tenth. But yeah, that was because he. I mean, we were like thirty nine laps into the race, and I'm like, do they know that they have to stop? Like, they can't. They can't just go all the way on on one set of tires. So, yeah, we'll we'll. See. I mean, again, we'll we'll see with him. But it's good to see Seb kind of holding steady into the points after an awesome performance in Baku. So. Yeah, I agree with you. Do you think
1: you're a substan or? Um, I would say I do kind of enjoy him. I he's not one of my he's not a top favorite driver of mine, but it is nice to to see him do well. He he is a, actually a pretty entertaining person. I feel like when they're interviewing him and seems like a nice guy. So, yeah, more power to him if he's doing well. It's good for the game. I agree. Good for the game.
0: All right, we are going to move on to our good, bad, and ugly main takeaways for the weekend. But before that, Marco, I think you have a message from one of our
1: sponsors. I sure do. So this part of the podcast is brought to you by the upcoming film, King Kong 6, Harambe's Return. Uh, As you noticed that there were a ton of sculptures and statues of different animals throughout the track. There was a blue horse, a panther, and obviously what you kept seeing was this giant gorilla, which was prominently showed often and over – and is the actual trophy that the the drivers will get as well. And people might ask about why is this? Well, this is no other than F1 teaming up with the massive film studio to, to advertise one of the most thrilling movie releases this summer. When the fate of Earth looks dimmer than ever before, and King Kong has no one to turn to, the gorilla that kept the world in order for so many years returns. Harambe was tragically murdered by the government as they felt his fame and power were becoming too much, and that he may lead the resistance. Just like this race, this movie is going to be the absolute titties. So please be on the so please be on the lookout for King Kong Six, Harambe's return. In theaters near you, should be sometime late August or early September is what I've been told. Excellent.
0: Excited for that. Movie theaters are back, especially yeah. with King Kong 6.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's a movie that I'm definitely going to see in theaters.
0: <laughs> awesome. Last sector here, our third and final sector, sending off uh, a great weekend for the French Grand Prix. We got the good, bad, and the ugly for the weekend. Kind of a grab bag on my part. I'm very excited to hear yours. Why don't we go, why don't we alternate good, bad, and ugly um, this time around? And you, since you had a perfect race prediction, getting all six questions exactly right. Bummer that we didn't record last week, but uh, but I'll, I'll let you have a consolation prize
1: of going first here. Thank you very much. Yep, those were some incredible Predictions I had. I would like to toot my own horn six times on that one. So, huge weekend <laughs> from that. Hopefully, we can consider those points, but uh, that's a, a topic for a later time. My good is hearing and seeing pack stands. So, I know this is, I feel like every sport at some point when they have fans in there, they talk about this and how cool it is this was probably the first race that i really noticed uh how many fans were out there it seemed like an awesome time in south of france and i think what really stuck out to me was when max passed lewis towards the end of the race it was right in front of the grandstands and they were going absolutely crazy and so that was something that i thought was finally good to see i i hopefully you know We start getting used to this feeling of seeing PAX fans, but the fact that it it wasn't and something that I noticed, I'm sure the drivers are really noticing it as well.
0: Absolutely. Congratulations to all of Earth for having completely defeated COVID and having sports back, 100%. See ya! Play this in three weeks or four (laughs) weeks when the spike is just absolutely absurd and this is... The new strain is actually m- murdering people. Yeah. <laughs> just like upon contact. All right. My good is going to be the track and how it just simply did not disappoint because I hate going into a weekend like Barcelona or Russia where the lead up for the race and the buzz around the race is how the race is going to be a big snoozer. So there were a lot of people, including media, including people on Twitter that are negative Nancy's talking about how the race was going to suck. But this is awesome. Everything from tactics to a second to last lap pass for the lead. Um, Some drama within Mercedes It was just like a cool race and a cool weekend Which we talked about before We were a little worried it wouldn't be But here we are
1: Yeah, that is some great news to see And always love a surprisingly fun track So moving on I have my bad of Esteban Ocon having a pretty shitty weekend He had that major extension That we talked about this is his home GP and I think even you know Alpine had some pretty good Fps and and um, Thursday and Friday just setting some good pace. And so I think for Alpine, Alpine in general and for Ocon just you know pretty pretty rough weekend based off of expectations and some excitement with recent news from him. So I think that was the bad that I really noticed uh, on my part.
0: Yeah, always sucks when you sign a big contract and then you start to stink. My bad is going to be Yuki finishing six places behind Pierre. Um, AlphaTauri has a very, very good driver and a very, very green driver who I don't really see improving all that much at this point. And I don't know, just seems like having finished two, two races in the points is below the acceptable expectations of a Red Bull or Toro Rosso or AlphaTauri team that is not very patient when it comes to driver performance.
1: Yeah, I think your take on Yuki's uh a little harder than mine. I mean, obviously, yeah, he's a rookie. Uh there's still some improvement spots on that. I do agree that he has had some some growing pains recently, but uh we'll see. I don't know. I have a little mo- more faith in him. I I know you have your your angst against him with just kind of how big of a dick he is, so that does make sense, but uh I don't know. I I'll I still, you know, I still got some faith in the short guy.
0: You think that he's gonna be around next year? Because I think his contract is up at the end of this year. I would say he's around next year. Yeah.
1: All right. We'll see. You don't think you think he's gone?
0: Yeah, I can't see him sticking around. He's only here until the end of the year, and I just feel like he is not very well liked, probably around the garage, and he's not really bringing home performances that make that not the center of attention, right? So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'll bet you hundred dollars.
1: <laughs> I do not want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh well moving on to the ugly. So my ugly is the relationship with Valtteri Bottas and Toto Wolff and the pit crew. So I know we I feel like we just harp on this a ton uh, pretty much every episode but seeing this it pre- is just so prevalent uh especially this race as we mentioned he wanted to do the two-stop strategy. They completely ignored him and hearing him on the radio wasn't like something that he was, you know, leaving it for the, for the pit crew to decide. It was he had his his opinion set thinking that that would have been the best strategy and they just completely continuously over and over again ignored him and then once he realized that Perez was eventually going to pass him you should you saw a lot of his anger and frustration come out screaming at the at his race engineer and uh, just saying you know why didn't you guys listen to me I kept saying this I kept saying this and it, it could almost seem like the the pit crew got a little he got a little snipey back at him actually uh just um which i don't really get on his side because you know i feel like if you're gonna make this decision it's gonna backfire you should be willing to kind of eat some shit for for ignoring your driver and what they had to say
0: definitely those relationships are becoming more and more frayed and more and more strained As the season goes on, and yeah, I don't see Bottas being to blame too, too much. Like, they've really screwed him on a couple of different areas, and an idea where you kind of block off Max trying to get to Lewis is only good if it works, but if you don't have the tires and your driver's been telling you that he doesn't have the tires, it is what it is, so what a mess. What a mess Mercedes is, and I personally couldn't be a bigger fan of it because it makes it more exciting. And my ugly is going to be Ferrari having both drivers outside of the points. We already mentioned it when we were recapping Ferrari. But yeah, Carlos only beating George by a couple of seconds and Charles getting sandwiched by Alfa Romeos is bad. Bad strategy, seemingly bad performance, and just bad outlook right now. I don't, you know, I I think this is where we disagree. I I think Ferrari's going to fall back down. I think the gap to Aston Martin is probably a little too big at this point. But still, I I don't consider them really in contention for third place.
1: Yeah, and I I did see something recently where they're, that they're stopping all investment and... Uh, resources into the, like building their current car, and they're just basically putting everything, all hands on deck for, and everything looking forward to the new car in 2022.
0: They're just pulling a Haas, so yeah. expect them to get a lot worse if that's the case. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're like, well, it worked so well with Haas, maybe we should do the same thing.
0: Yeah, the golden boys over there on Gunther's <laughs> team are really killing the game. I think they Let's might be go- onto something. <laughs>
1: and so that does it for our good bad and ugly and that also does it for episode 14 of the eat asphalt podcast obviously awesome weekend hopefully that we can keep seeing these fun grand prix next week we head to austria for the red bull home gp for them uh i think that's going to be a fun race more traditional race and looking forward to to going over that uh, more about the race sometime in the next couple of days
0: Yep, triple header that we just started today, so next two weeks we'll be uh, seeing races, and I can't wait to be here alongside my buddy talking about it all. So appreciate everybody listening, and we will see you assholes.
1: Yeah, see you later, assholes.
0: See ya.